We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 97 of the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Got a packed show today. We're starting with Gamecocks lacrosse winning the MCLA national title over the Cal Golden Bears. Going to break that down. Also, South Carolina finally won an SEC series on the baseball diamond as South Carolina takes two of three from the Kentucky Wildcats. Break that down fully and updated look at the SEC tournament race as well as far as where South Carolina stands. Also, some football news and notes, including the Tavian Feaster sweepstakes as he tries to find his next home after transferring from Clemson. Uh, take your listener questions as well and have a very, very special interview with the head coach of the men's lacrosse team, Gamecocks head coach James Harkey, joins the show to talk about his upbringing in the game of lacrosse, how he got to South Carolina, obviously winning the 2019 national title, and the future of the South Carolina Gamecocks club lacrosse team. Very, very excited for you guys to hear that. Before we get into everything, this is a podcast presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the best ticket buying app by far. You guys hear me talk about those guys all the time. SeatGeek is the only place I would recommend to go buy your tickets. They have tickets to literally everything, whether you're going to any South Carolina Gamecocks sporting events, NBA, NHL, NFL, you know, XFL when that comes around, really anything and everything you need tickets to. Also, concerts, comedy club events. It doesn't have to be sports. If you're trying to get tickets to literally anything, go download SeatGeek. Use our promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $10 off your first purchase. They've actually got a great ticket rating system there as well where it rates the tickets for you um, based on the deal score, the type of deal you're getting. So, you know, if you're getting a steal on something or if you're overpaying, you know exactly what you're getting before you click the buy button. So, again, that's our friends over at SeatGeek. Go download that SeatGeek app. Use the promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P to save $10 off your first purchase. All right, let's get into it. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show, as always. Got a lot to talk about. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Um, got a ton to talk about. Very packed show today. We're going to start on the lacrosse field again, like I mentioned. South Carolina Gamecocks Club Lacrosse, the 2019 MCLA Division I National Champs, as they beat Cal on Saturday to clinch the national championship. Um, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit on it. We've obviously got a fantastic interview with the head coach of the Gamecocks Club Lacrosse team, James Harkey. Um, as he really, we really went into a deep dive, obviously, with their run in the national title. But um, Gamecocks overall getting a national championship. I know it's club lacrosse. I know, you know, that it's, and I, I want to say, I don't want to give them too much light because I feel like these are just miserable people. But the people on social media that want to 
try to take away from the club lacrosse team or say it's a club sport or things of that nature. For one, I'll say that when I look at the, the lacrosse team, I don't even really see them as a club sport. I know it technically is, but to me, it's it's just Gamecocks lacrosse. Like, I kind of get annoyed saying Gamecocks club lacrosse. And to me, it's just Gamecocks lacrosse, to be honest. And you know what? Any team that goes out there and has Gamecocks across the chest is wearing the garnet and black and goes out and wins a national title, we're going to celebrate. I don't care if it's rowing, if it's golf. I, I don't care what it is. We're going to celebrate that. So, again, Gamecocks winning the national championship. I was able to catch a little bit of the game. Actually, had to miss some because I was at graduation on Saturday for South Carolina. But, uh, you know, overall, fantastic. It was fun to see. This was a very, very fun team to watch. Colin Haynes getting the MVP of the uh, <clears throat> of the MCLA, M- MCLA tournament and also the game on Saturday. He had 17 saves, I believe, in that one. Um, overall, this was just such, you know, I know we kind of caught on late as kind of did everybody else. Um, but this was such a fun team to watch. You had Sam Weiss is the guy that really stood out to me. We talked a lot about him as well. Um, Colin Haynes, Griffin Giles, um, a couple of those different guys. But, you know, a very physical team. Again, you're going to hear a lot more with James Harkey as he really breaks down this team in depth for those, that, for those of us who aren't exactly lacrosse experts. Um, but a very physical team, a team that moved the ball around a lot. I always felt like when I was watching this team, South Carolina has so many different threats, so many different weapons of guys that can score. But I uh, love the physicality on this team. And overall, Gamecocks lacrosse going 7-0 and in the postseason. They went 3-0 and in the uh, – in the playoffs and 4-0 in this tournament to clinch the national title overall um, was just awesome to see again. It's, it's so funny. I looked at our Instagram feed yesterday, and the last four posts literally were all lacrosse. And I was like, you know what? I'm not really mad at it. It's kind of cool. It's just kind of different and, uh, you know, very fun to see. But I also want to shout out for sure Jonathan Durham making the Sports Center top ten. He had the sixth best play on the uh, – on the Sports Center top ten, with the basically reach back. If you haven't seen the play, it's on our Instagram. He, he reaches back behind him, catches the ball, and then finishes with one hand. Absolutely fantastic play by Jonathan Durham. So definitely want to give him his props there. But overall, yeah, I mean, just very, very excited just to kind of see what the future is of this Gamecocks lacrosse program. That's something I talked with head coach James Harkey a lot about. But very excited just to kind of see where it goes from here because, you know, I know with me, I said on last week's show, listen, I'm not a lacrosse you know, expert or somebody that really even knows the sport at all, but had a lot of fun watching this team. This team, again, was very, very physical. They're very fast, very athletic, and had a lot of fun watching these games. And there's a lot of scoring, stuff like that. Again, I don't think people that are tuning into this podcast know a ton about lacrosse, and that's not to take a slight at anyone. It's just simply that it's, you know, down in the southeast, down in the south, I don't think lacrosse is a major sport, you know, for a lot of different schools. But overall, it's just great to see again. You know, always going to celebrate a team that has Gamecocks across the chest, what those guys did going out to Salt Lake City. Obviously, a lot of it is funded on their own. And if you haven't done so, go to the Gamecock Lacrosse um, social media page. They have their Venmo account list. If you can even just give a couple bucks, would mean the world to those guys. But overall, Gamecocks Lacrosse winning the national title, very, very awesome. It was great to see for those guys. And like I said, any team that rocks Gamecocks across the chest and wears the garnet and black and bring home the hardware is just going to be awesome. Um, so, yeah, again, very, very excited for you guys to hear that interview with James Harkey a little bit later in the show because we go a lot more in depth. But we're just so happy to see that for those guys. And the outpour of support from the South Carolina Gamecocks fans, you know, I really do believe Gamecocks fans are the best in the country. And I think they showed that with this. There was a ton of support, I thought, that came through on social media and a lot of people tuning in watching the games. But um, overall, big time for those guys. Again, your 2019 MCLA National Champions um, feels good to say. Um, All right, let's get into some baseball. South Carolina finally won a series. It finally happened. South Carolina takes two of three from Kentucky. Um, You know, just 
What a relief. The Gamecocks finally get the monkey off their back, winning the series, taking two of three over Kentucky. What does it really all mean? Let's get into it. All right, so people have been asking me, you know, what does this really mean? Does this kind of change the outlook of the season, I guess you could say? You know, I, I don't want to be negative here, but no, I don't think this necessarily changes the outlook of the season. You know, this was a team that came in that, you know, I picked South Carolina to lose two of three simply because they hadn't won a series yet. But overall, you know, this was a series, if you didn't win, would have been extremely, extremely disappointing. Um, because Kentucky, you know, let's face it, was as bad, if not worse, than South Carolina. I mean, the record's almost identical. Um, SEC records now, I believe Kentucky sits at – yeah, South Carolina and Kentucky are both 7-20 and 20 in the SEC. Literally, records are almost identical. Kentucky's 25-26, and 7-20 in the SEC. South Carolina's 26-25 and 25 and 7-20 and 20 in the SEC. But overall – just great to see South Carolina. You know, it's just great for the guys in the, the, that locker room. You know, it's um, obviously been a, t- been a tough season for everyone. I mean, I can, you know, assure you as fans, you know, I know we get, you know, we obviously get carried away and such, and that's, you know, it's normal. We're all fans. We're all, you know, people that support the school. But I, I can promise you everything that fans are feeling as far as this baseball season is concerned, those guys in the locker room are feeling it ten times more even. Those are the guys on the field feeling the direct effects of everything. You know, I, I will say, just looking at the series, again, South Carolina wins 5-4 on Friday, 11-3 on Saturday, loses 6-2 on Sunday. Um, unfortunate they couldn't get the sweep, obviously, because it would, definitely would have helped South Carolina as far as the SEC baseball standings for the SEC tournament. Um, and Hoover are concerned, which I'm going to get to in just a second. But I definitely think one thing you've got to be encouraged about. I mean, you take a look at the Friday game, for example. Um, <clears throat> South Carolina starts a true freshman on the mound as far as Cam Tringali. I thought he gave a really solid outing. Maybe he didn't have his best stuff through five and two-third, five hits, four runs, four earned, three walks, four strikeouts. But, you know, when you don't have your best stuff and you can still get, get yourself into the sixth inning and give your team a quality start, to me, that, that shows a lot. I think that shows a lot of, uh, you know, what, what Cam Tringali's makeup is, if you will. But what, what I was going to get to is that, you know, you take a look at, for example, Friday's game. Cam Tringali, Dylan Harley, Brett Carey, all combining to help South Carolina get the 5-4 win on Friday. Um, all three of those guys are freshmen. And, and I think, you know, on a weekend that was centered around, you know, senior day on Saturday and recognizing the seniors and what they did, I thought we saw a lot of great performances out of a lot of freshmen. I think just off the top of my head, Brady Allen at the plate, I thought he had a really, really big weekend. Andrew Eister, I know, is not technically a freshman, but a first-year player for South Carolina. So, you know, listen, I, I'm not sitting here saying that winning two of three over Kentucky is completely changing my thoughts and my mindset on how this season has gone and that, that it really means anything. I mean, I think it more so I'm just happy that something positive happened for Gamecocks baseball finally in 2019. Um, but I, I definitely think there are pieces to be encouraged about moving forward as South Carolina, you know, will look to bounce back in 2020. You've obviously got some young pieces, you know, that are sort of starting to come into their own and guys that you think are going to be big-time contributors over the next three to four years. Again, Cam Tringali, Dylan Harley, true freshman. Brett Carey, obviously we know is going to be a big piece this Gamecocks baseball team. Um, so, you know, it's great to see, you know, I, I think that's something that you can definitely be encouraged by. Again, I thought Brett Carey, I mean, had the saves in both Friday and Saturday through three innings on Saturday of one hit baseball, five strikeouts. Um, phenomenal. I mean, that dude is unbelievable, has been unbelievable all season. Um, and then, you know, you take a look at the Sunday game and South Carolina going, going up against Zach Thompson, who, you know, listen, one of the best hitters or one of the best pitchers in the entire country. He threw six innings, three hits, two runs, two earned, one walk, and eight strikeouts. A guy from the left side who is projected the number 14 overall pick by, to the Philadelphia Phillies. Number 14 overall pick, first round 
Um, he's going to be getting a lot of money here coming up shortly in the MLB draft. But, uh, you know, so tough game on Sunday. You, you really wish they would have gotten the sweep for the picture that's now becoming the SEC tournament chase for Hoover, Alabama, which, you know, obviously the last week in an SEC play upcoming this weekend. But, again, it's very, very encouraging to see some of these young pieces coming together. Again, I, I think uh, going into next season, you know, not to look too, too far ahead because we've still got another SEC weekend here and possibly the tournament. But, you know, I think for certain, Andrew Eister is your best hitter coming into next season. I think – I do believe he can be a big-time hitter for South Carolina as long as he can stay healthy. Again, you've got nice pieces. But I still believe that Dylan Harley can be a big-time pitcher for South Carolina. I know that, you know, he was in the Saturday slot to start the year and that sort of fell apart. And, you know, he's definitely had his freshman struggles. But a guy that simply has phenomenal stuff, they're really well on Friday. Um you know, Cam Tringali, a guy that maybe not a lot was expected when he got on campus in Columbia, but has really shined. I think his work ethic, work ethic and the work he's put in is really paying off. And, you know, th- there are certainly pieces to build around because, again, you're going to have, a you know, as, mu- as much as you lose in seniors, I know the big three are going to be T.J. Hopkins, Jacob Olson, um, and Chris Cullen, which T.J. had a phenomenal weekend as well. Definitely don't want to leave him out. Um, <clears throat> but you've got a lot of pieces that are coming back that I certainly think you can build around. So definitely some encouraging spots on the weekend. Again, it's just great for South Carolina baseball. Finally getting that monkey off their back, winning an SEC series. I mean, you know, I know it was brutal for me. I know it was brutal for, for South Carolina fans as far as just watching every single weekend to see the same exact result. Gamecocks coming just short, coming up just short what it felt like every single weekend. But South Carolina finally, again, getting that monkey off their back. And now, you know, Face a major challenge. Um, after the midweek game, they play Tuesday at USC Upstate – or, excuse me, they play Tuesday against USC Upstate at Founders Park, which will be the last game at Founders Park this season. South Carolina obviously traveling to start. will face Mississippi State for three games Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, you know, we'll break down that series more later in the week on, a, on Thursday's show. But, yeah, just a, a huge series because South Carolina right now, let's take a look at the SEC tournament picture, if you will. Gamecocks. On the outside, looking in, Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball releasing what the seeding would be if the uh, tournament in, or if the season ended today. You have Vandy as the one, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Georgia, Ole Miss, LSU, A&M, Mizzou, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, and Alabama rounding out. Only 12 of the 14 teams make it, if you didn't know. Um, so Alabama in that 12 spot. Alabama obviously holding the tiebreaker over the Gamecocks because they won the series two out of three in Tuscaloosa earlier this season. Um, you know, just taking a look at South or, uh, Alabama's schedule, they play at Georgia Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which I think is going to be a very, very tall task for those guys. So, really, if you're the Gamecocks, again, not looking too far ahead to the, the Mississippi State series because it's going to break it down fully in its entirety on Thursday. But looking ahead, you know, there's a decent chance Alabama gets swept in Athens. I, I think that could that's certainly a feasible thing. If you're the Gamecocks, you really just need to focus on – I mean, obviously, you want to win as many games as you can. Obviously, if you can sweep Mississippi State, that would be fantastic. I think that's a little bit unrealistic to expect those guys to go on to start and want to sweep Mississippi State. Um, but you've got to win at least one game. You've got to win at least one game to get in the SEC tournament and just hope that Georgia sweeps Alabama. Um, I think that's sort of where you sit right now. Also, Florida in the 11 spot, um, very, very surprising to see how bad of a season those guys have had. But, yeah, overall, it's going to be a huge weekend. I know, you know, this season has been a disappointment. I think some fans would just say, screw it, and, you know, let's – who cares if we make the SEC tournament? But I think it's big. I think it's big for Mark Kingston's program to at least get to Hoover, make the SEC tournament, and who knows? Maybe you screw around. Maybe you win a couple games there. And, you know, at least at least in this season on a little bit more of a positive note than what it's been, if that, if it, if that makes sense. Um, 
Okay, so let's move into some football news and notes. Obviously, the big thing that everybody wants to talk about, Tavian Feaster sweepstakes, where where is he going to land? Um, a lot of different rumors swirling around as the Gamecocks sort of uh, came into the picture, South Carolina offering the, the, uh, the Clemson transfer running back. Um, you know, a lot of people asking me, you know, do you think he's actually going to come to South Carolina? How would he fit in if he did come? I can tell you this. If he were to come to South Carolina, he would start day one. Not even a question. Uh, as much as much respect and love as I've got for those guys in the backfield at South Carolina, they don't have a Tavian Feaster back there. There's no doubt in my mind that Tavian Feaster would start day one. You know, listen, I, you guys know I'm not a huge, you know, I, I'm not um, I'm not a quote-unquote insider. <laughs> I, I've got sources, but on the Tavian Feaster thing, honestly, not 100% sure what the realistic chances are that he comes to South Carolina. I think it's just a way to – I think it's just a wait-and-see thing for everybody involved. Um, you know, I, I know, again, South Carolina officially offered him. Um, I think it would be – you know, I think it's interesting. I've seen a lot of people kind of comparing this situation to the Josh Belk thing and saying, did we not learn our lesson from the Josh Belk thing? I think this is a completely different situation. You know, Josh Belk left Clemson. There was a lot of question marks as to why he left Clemson. And there was – you know, when Josh Belk left Clemson and, and committed to South Carolina and was coming to South Carolina, I literally said on our podcast, you can go back and listen, Josh Belk's either going to be a guy that makes a huge, huge, huge impact or I could see him never playing a down. It felt like a weird situation to me. And obviously, as it turns out, you know, he played a little bit, but a guy that never made a significant impact for South Carolina and, you know, never will, obviously. I mean, he's quit football. Um, but I think the Tavian Feaster thing is completely different. A guy that's just, look, simply leaving Clemson because he wants to be a starting running back. And I think that, that is certainly the thing that South Carolina can offer him as far as if he wants to transfer to South Carolina is, listen, dude, you're – I mean, the, the running back room is crowded, but it has no one like you in it. I mean, he's going to come in and be the starter 110%. You know, I've heard a lot of things as far as that uh, Thomas Brown, Gamecocks running backs coach, really wants him, really likes him, and I understand why he does. Again, guy was a very highly rated recruit. Um, you know, went to Clemson again. I, again, I just think it's transferring because he's in the same backfield as uh, as Tavian Feast, or excuse me, as uh, as uh, Travis Etienne. So, I mean, I think he wants to be a feature back, and I certainly think he could do that in Columbia. I've seen, you know, I don't have his list of schools put up or uh, pulled up, but I think he was considering like TCU, East Carolina. Um, a bunch of different schools. I mean, I feel like this is a guy that could almost go anywhere. But I think, you know, South Carolina could certainly fit into the equation for him. I mean, again, I think a guy that he could come in and be the starter immediately. I, I just really do. And now I would be interested to see if he did come to Columbia, how that would affect other guys in the South Carolina backfield. Do, do you see a Rico Dowdle transfer? Do you see – I don't think Amon Denson would transfer, but do you see A.J. Turner move permanently to defense? Do you see um, – Heck, maybe even a freshman running back. Do you see a Kevin Harris? Do you see a Deshaun Fenwick transfer? I mean, you know, those, those guys want to play. I mean, there's no doubt. Those guys want to play. Um, but overall, I think it would be a huge get for South Carolina. Obviously, again, it's just rumors and speculation right now. And, you know, I'm not exactly holding my breath. I'll put it that way. I, I think, listen, I think there's – South Carolina's got as good a shot as anybody. But in situations like this, I just – I'm not holding my breath until it happens. You know what I mean? I'm not – I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I, uh, when I see it actually happen, if that makes sense. So, Tavian Feaster, again, a lot of people like to talk about it, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Again, I think it would be a huge, huge get for South Carolina um, because of the – that position has been such an area of need. And I, I've said many, many times that South Carolina's priority number one is to find an elite running back, to find a number one running back. That, honestly, that's something that's been holding back this offense, this team. Um, and I think Tavian Feaster would certainly fill that need for the Gamecocks. Um, all right, cool. Let's get into your listener questions. Got a ton of good listener questions. Going to start with uh, Jay Hempton 02. 
Um, chances of going to Hoover. I already talked about it. I, I think that uh, you're on the outside looking in right now. Obviously, Bama in that 12 spot. You really need Georgia to do you a favor and sweep Alabama. There's just no doubt in my mind. Um, you really, really need Georgia to do, do you that favor and sweep those guys. Um, <clears throat> especially because if, if Bama goes in there and wins that series, wins two out of three, I just – I don't see it happening for South Carolina. Um, so, anyways, the chances are, are slim, I guess you could say, at this point. They're about 50-50. Just really have to wait and see what happens in the final weekend. Um, Landon underscore Keeley. <clears throat> Excuse me. How much more time does Mark Kingston have? You know, I, I think he's got plenty – I don't want to say plenty of time, if you will. Obviously, I – Listen, next year is not a hot seat type of year for Mark Kingston. It's just not. He, you, you know, and I don't want it to be because, listen, in, in college athletics and athlete, whatever, as far as coaching, you're just not going to get anywhere as a program recycling out coaches after three years. I mean, I've said that about Will Muschamp. I've said that about different programs. You know, I have my opinions on Frank Martin, but, you know, I've had those opinions because the guy's been there seven, eight years. Like, this isn't – this isn't a small body of work we're looking at. You know, if I've ever been critical of him in that, in that way, he's been there a while. But, you know, asking those type of questions about Mark Kinks and his future when he's literally finishing up his second season, you know, I know fans are frustrated, but I certainly think it's premature. I, I mean, I think that there will certainly be pressure on next season, which, again, there's always pressure at South Carolina. There's pressure to win. This is a great program. South Carolina baseball is has the most tradition of any program on campus, and I think that – you know, there's going to be pressure. There's pressure in this job. There's pressure on the players. There's, there's pressure all around. But there's pressure because <clears throat> this is a great program. And I think Mark Kingston's going to have his time to develop his kids. Now, if he misses the postseason again next year, there, there will be a lot of hot seat talk going into that fourth season, no doubt. But, no, I, I think Mark Kingston's job is very safe right now, and I think simply this has just been a bad year. I, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Um, Robert underscore Fuller 92 asks, what are the odds next year with Doty coming in that at least one of the quarterbacks transfer before the spring? And I'm assuming you mean transfer before the spring of next year. Um, you know, it still wouldn't shock me at all if DeCarion Joyner transferred. I mean, you know, I know that I've heard things that he's a very loyal guy and that, you know, he wants to, you know, <clears throat> he committed to South Carolina. He likes South Carolina. He wants to be a Gamecock. <clears throat> so, you know, if nobody transfers, that's completely fine and dandy. But it would be a little bit shocking if all of the guys stayed. Um, you know, I certainly don't see Ryan Holinsky leaving, God forbid. Uh, Luke Doty will be in there next year, obviously, to carry on Joiner again, like I mentioned. I think Jay Yurick's going to be changing positions, so that's not a big deal. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if to carry on Joiner transferred. I'll be completely honest. And he, to me, he is the one certainly that's going to be the most likely one to transfer, no doubt. Um, Timmy Clark, eleven seventeen. Asks, is Bentley going to show out this year? I certainly hope so. <laughs> um, you know, I'm. You know, I'm not going to go into the season making any crazy predictions about Jake Bentley having a huge year or anything like that because, you know, that that's sort of what we all expected last year. I, I mean, I was certainly high on Jake Bentley coming in, have a fantastic season. Heck, I picked South Carolina to beat Georgia in week two because I thought Jake Bentley would kind of show his growth and maturity as a, as a veteran player and quarterback and. You know, listen, I, I'm very appreciative of what Jake Bentley's done for South Carolina because, you know, I was talking with someone the other day and I was just mentioning them. I mean, you know, I, and I'm as critical as anyone of Jake Bentley, as you guys know, in the season. I mean, you know, I, the emotions run high. <clears throat> Sorry about that. The emotions run high during football season. And, you know, obviously when guys aren't playing well, we all have opinions, stuff like that. And I'm as critical as anyone, especially when he was turning the football over, things of that nature. But, 
I can at least admit, you know, where this program would be without Jake Bentley is a dark, dark place. I mean, no questions asked. I mean, he is certainly a guy that has, you know, I mean, I just think if Jake Bentley would have never came to South Carolina, who's your starting quarterback right now? I mean, is it Jay Urich? Is it is Brandon McElwain still on campus? I mean, you know, it's – Jake Bentley has been a solid quarterback, no question. He's been a solid quarterback for South Carolina. Will he have some huge year this year? I Listen, I think Jake Bentley – is a six to eight win quarterback and you know that's that's not me trying to be negative or trying to take a take a jab at him but I just think that's that's who he is that's what he is and that's the team that he has around him honestly he's a six to eight win quarterback um and he's going to probably break a lot of records this year and be the all-time leading he might you know he might leave South Carolina as the winningest quarterback ever as far as most wins he'll he'll probably leave with the most passing yards um, maybe the most passing touchdowns. I mean, there's a lot of records he could break in 2019, no doubt. Um, I think he'll have a solid year. I'll, I'll say that. He obviously has to cut down the turnovers. That was the biggest thing. He would have had a pretty damn good year last year had he not turned the ball over so much. I mean, the interception numbers have got to go down for South Carolina. Um, but I think he'll have a solid year in 2019. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say he's going to have some blow-up year. Um so we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Timmy Clark, eleven seventeen, again asks: Is Feaster going to be a starter right away? If he comes to South Carolina, absolutely. I, t- I talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, yeah, he, he, I mean, if he comes to South Carolina, he's starter day one, in my opinion. Um, Evan Perryman asks: When's the Lax team going to the White House? That is a very good question. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I should have asked James Harkey that. Um, you know, don't know. I know those guys are. They should be back in Columbia now with the hardware. Obviously, I think those guys are planning to have a big party, stuff like that. We sort of talked about that in the. Uh, in the interview with coach, but uh, no, nah, very, very happy for those guys. They, you know, I think they deserve all the recognition they get. And again, I, I don't care that it's a club sport. You're rocking Gamecocks across the Jersey and, you know, you're wearing the garnet and black. You, you, you are, you know, you're a Gamecock, you know, I mean, the people, people wanted to take, uh, you know, people wanted to, uh, to celebrate the Gamecocks lacrosse team or yeah, the Gamecocks lacrosse team beating Clemson, you know, let's celebrate the national title too. I mean, that's awesome. That, that's just so awesome for those guys. So, so happy to see those guys bring the hardware home, and they definitely should be getting an invite to the White House, no doubt. Um, all right, like, I, like I've mentioned, I've been alluding to all show, got a fantastic interview coming up uh, with the head coach of the 2019 MCLA National Champions, head coach James Harkey. Like I said, just a phenomenal interview. was able to really pick his brain, break down the game of lacrosse, especially for those who are maybe unfamiliar with it, don't really know everything about it, what makes a good lacrosse team. Talked a lot about the, you know, his team on their run to winning the national title, the future of the lacrosse program, all that good stuff. Um, before I get into that interview, again, this podcast was presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. Um, if you haven't done so, go download the SeatGeek app, use the promo code SPURSUP, save $10 off your first purchase. Again, like I mentioned, they've got tickets to literally anything and everything you can think of, anything you're going to, whether it be sports, maybe it's a concert, comedy club event, you name it. Um, if you're buying tickets to any, anything, Go through the best ticket buying app on the internet, which in my opinion is SeatGeek. Download SeatGeek. Use the promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P. You should know it by now. Use the promo code SPURSUP. Save $10 off of your first purchase. All right, enjoy this interview with Gamecocks head coach, James Harkey. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show is a man that really needs no introduction because of the latest run in the last week. He is the head coach of Gamecocks Club Lacrosse, who is your 2019 Division I MCLA National Champions. I'm very, very excited to welcome onto the show James Harkey, head coach of Gamecocks Lacrosse. James, appreciate you taking the time, man, and congratulations on a huge victory and uh, bringing the hardware home to Columbia. 
Thank you very much for having me. Uh, ecstatic to be on, uh, having a, having a blast. Absolutely. So we'll start with you, uh, you personally, James. Obviously, you went to UMBC, which is the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Um, just kind of talk about your up- upbringing with lacrosse, which eventually led to your college career and then eventually becoming a head coach. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I, I, uh, my dad played college lacrosse himself at uh, the University of Maryland in the 80s and um, kind of was lucky enough to grow up uh, <clears throat> around the sport. Um, I grew up in Virginia and uh, when I was uh, in youth, uh, my dad helped set up the, the youth program in the area that we lived. Um, and, uh, you know, and then, uh, my dad as well was, I have three sisters who all played college across. And when we were in high school, uh, my dad was the women's, uh, high school coach. Um, so I think I kind of came by it naturally, uh, wanting to, uh, be a coach or, or seeing what he did, giving back to the sport. Um, and when I was going through high school, I would, uh, coach youth lacrosse. When I was in college at UMBC, I was coaching high school lacrosse at a high level with a club, uh, Black Wolf Lacrosse based out of Maryland and Virginia, uh, run by coach Trigiani, great guy. And, um, <clears throat> so then after college, I came down to Carolina, uh, for law school and uh was out of the game for a few years really missed it and uh thankfully a couple of guys i knew um uh, including Britt nielsen um <clears throat> asked me to come back and, and join the team and um so in 2014 i believe it was i was an assistant coach with uh addy rath was the head coach and uh we had a pretty good year and, um, and then, uh, the next year, the, the boys asked if I would take over and, um, it's been a blast. It's been a heck of a ride since. <clears throat> yeah, no doubt. And I think it's been pretty successful as well. Obviously you're 70, ga- 79 games in, obviously coming off the national championship, 53 and 13 overall record as a head coach. But, uh, let's kind of go back. Cause I, you know, I said on my show, obviously we've been, we've been following along with you guys, the Spurs up show, obviously supporting as much as we can on social media and, obviously promoting the uh, the Venmo account and stuff. Obviously, we had Ed Marinero on after we saw him kind of, you know, the the viral yeah. video, which was was an awesome, awesome pull by you guys. Had to have him on and just kind of talk some Gamecocks, the cross and stuff. But, I, you know, I mentioned on my, sh- on my show uh, a little bit earlier last week that, you know, I'm not a lacrosse guy by trade, if you will. I, I can't really tell you anything about lacrosse or the strategies or – kind of what makes a good lacrosse team. I won't ask you to explain the game in general because I will say I was able to watch you guys, and it's it's a very, very entertaining game, no doubt. Very quick pace, a lot of scoring. But, you know, in your opinion or for people that maybe don't know as much about lacrosse, what would you say makes a successful team like the one that you had this year? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> well, to be a successful team, I don't think uh, lacrosse is any different than any other team sport. Um, you've got to have guys that uh, that love each other and want to have each other's backs and work hard day in and day out. Um, but, you know, uh, lacrosse specific, um, it helps when on defense you are uh, 
very good communicators and all on the same page. And on offense, uh, it helps to share the ball. X's and O's, for someone that isn't familiar with lacrosse, it's very much a blend of uh, basketball and hockey. Um, basketball in the way that you can control the ball um, <clears throat> very much the same. And, and there are picks and rolls, man-to-man defense concepts, zone defense concepts. Um, and hockey in the way that it's a little more fast-paced uh, up and down. But, uh, but unlike hockey in that you cannot really control the puck, you can control the ball in your stick. And so, and kind of a, that's that's what I tell folks. It's a, somewhat a blend of those two sports with the physicality of hockey and football. Yeah, no doubt a physical game. You can definitely see it. Uh, it it's not a it's not a kid's game. It's a man's game for sure. It takes physicality. Um, you've obviously been the head coach since 2015. Now 2019, you guys coming off the national championship again, which I'm going to get to in a second, but. You know, I feel like there's definitely been, especially throughout this season, the, the support has been growing for you guys, for the Gamecocks Club lacrosse team. Just kind of talk about how much growth you've seen in the Gamecocks lacrosse program, if you will, from when you first got here in 2015 or when you first got to South Carolina in general to now. Sure. Well, I'd say that um, when I became involved – the it was a great group of guys at that time um and i think it's always been a great group of guys um you know as with any team there's been ups and downs and uh fits and spurts of success um the last time they won a league championship was in uh back in the 90s and uh like i said when i got involved the great group of guys but but uh maybe not a great team um you know some fractured personalities um and didn't quite know how to go about working day in and day out and uh i you know we worked on that over time and um credit all goes to the guys on the team starting back in 2014 and 2015 of uh you know taking coaching and and listening and uh, figuring out how to be a family and uh, how to how to prepare the right way, um, and you know that uh, internal work week in and week out was what brought us success on the field, and the success on the field has certainly um, brought us additional. Um, you know what is the word i'm looking for there's guys that uh recognition i guess recognition from the local community uh from alums who might have been paying attention but weren't really chiming in um you know it's been phenomenal over the last two years the alumni support the community support um and it's really exciting to see that community uh, support somewhat explode over the last week um, you know, we're uh, ecstatic for it and uh, <clears throat> really appreciate the love from everybody. Yeah, I mean, I can say, I mean, I've been doing the Spurs Up show for a while now, and I think it's just a, sort of a thing just being in the South where, I mean, yeah, like, you, like you were saying, like I said earlier, I don't have a huge exposure to lacrosse, but, you know, I can just tell everyone that's listening to this, if you haven't watched uh, James Harkey team play, especially in that, the playoff run, it was uh, 
I mean, you, you guys, like I said, it's a very entertaining game for them, but you guys obviously have a, have a good thing going as far as, uh, you know, coming off the national title, stuff like that. So, obviously, 2018, you guys had a pretty good year. I'm just looking at the record here, eight and 18 and two overall. So, you come into 2019, I'm assuming, as a team with high expectations, but when did you – maybe when did you know or when did it click for you that you thought this team could be pretty special and make a run like you guys did? Uh, and no, uh, no joke in 2014. Um, you know, I, I started telling the guys then you guys have the opportunity and the potential to be special. And, uh, you know, I continue to say things this year. I, there was a handful of times that I told the guys, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. And, um, you know, certainly it's not just showing up on the field and thinking we're, we're all that and that gets the job done. We've put in hard work week in and week out. But, um, you know, mentality and mindset is huge. And these guys have played with a lot of confidence over the last two years in addition to the um, work that we put in in practice and uh, <clears throat> off the field together as a, as a group. No doubt. So a little bit of change of pace here. One of the things I've seen on social media and you guys merch as well as the Yazoo, I guess, is like the rallying cry for you guys. Can you kind of explain what that is exactly? Sure. So in uh, in the club's infancy in the 70s, um, the university did not initially allow the club to use uh, the university's name, uh, you know, any Gamecock moniker, uh, they, they didn't want, uh, the club to be so well, yeah, to have the names associated with it. So, um, at the time, the, the guys just decided, well, we'll, we'll call ourselves something. And, uh, the story is I've heard it from Dave Basile, who was, uh, involved in that team and and was later a coach, uh, in the nineties was that they, uh, they saw a lawnmower uh, ad, Yazoo lawnmowers, and just thought that was a neat phrase, neat word, and uh, and it stuck. And so they plastered that on their um, on their shirts and on their jerseys, and for a, for a short while were known as Yazoo Lacrosse, even though they were all South Carolina guys. And um, you know, I, I don't know <clears throat> that that story had been told for a while, but last year when we were uh, on a heck of a run, um, Coach Basile, who still lives in Columbia, uh, <clears throat> came out to talk with the guys and relayed that story, and, and everybody loved it. And uh, so this year we made a point of uh, putting the Yazoo on our shirts uh, you know, to to harken back to those guys who started the whole thing, because certainly um, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't be fielding a team if they hadn't started it out in the 70s. And um, we also the the black porthole mesh jerseys that we wore uh, a significant amount this year was also a throwback to the uh, the 90s teams and in the. Uh, <clears throat> team that won the uh, conference championship in the 90s uh, wore those same jerseys. We patterned them off those jerseys. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun for our guys, uh, you know, 
they they look good regardless but it, it's fun to look good and to uh you know throw a little love back to the people that uh that started it out and uh paved the way for us yeah no doubt i was gonna say those jerseys are super fresh so you guys made a great decision when you uh as far as that goes um like Thank I said, I'm, go- I'm going to get to the national championship game, but I want to talk about, you know, obviously the Carolina-Clemson game, no matter the sport, is intense. It's a huge rivalry. Um, we talk about it a lot, you know, as far as, you know, in lacrosse. Just talk about because that game was definitely hyped up this year. That was the one Ed Marinero, a.k.a. Coach Marty Daniels, kind of had the hype video, stuff like that. Talk about just, you know, in yeah. lacrosse, what's the Carolina-Clemson rivalry like for you guys? Uh, it's no different than any other sport on campus. Um, it is, regardless of the stature of either team, it's a grind, it's a battle. Both teams, uh, get up huge for it. Um, you know, Clemson had a solid year this year, was ranked in the top 25, uh, of our league. Um, and, uh, I, I thought, you know, top to bottom that we had a better team, but, uh, but it was a grind game up there in Clemson, uh, this season. We, we pulled it out by one goal. Um, they've got a, a, a coach in Buff Grub who has been involved in our league for, uh, decades and is a great coach. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal uh, event every year. And uh, I think not this past season, but uh, 2018, we played them in Columbia and we had a phenomenal turnout from students and fans. Um, and great to get that support out in Bl- at Bluff Road. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a heck of a game every year. No doubt. So I saw you guys came in as a three seed as far as in the Salt Lake City. Do you feel like, did you guys use that as motivation? I mean, did you feel like you were underrated a little bit, maybe under the radar coming in? Um, you know, I thought that uh, they probably got it right. The the folks that um, were putting that together, we probably were slotted in a decent spot. We had a couple of losses uh, mid-year <clears throat> to good teams. Um, and uh, we, we, well, actually we avenged both losses in this tournament. Uh, we had lost mid season to Liberty university, who is a conference opponent and to Chapman university out in California. We had done a spring break trip with the boys this year, um, to play, uh, Chapman, UCSB and Santa Barbara and BYU. Also, we played them in Santa Barbara. Uh, that was a phenomenal experience and one that I think paid dividends for us down the road in uh, not only, you know, coming together as a closer, tight-knit group, but also um, being able to handle travel and, uh, and preparing and, and fighting hard on the road uh, when you're on the road for, for a while, which can be a grind. No doubt. So like you mentioned, you guys avenged the loss to Liberty in John Creek, Johns Creek, Georgia, win the SELC. Um, you guys were 3-0 in the playoffs and then make a 4-0 run in the tournament. I want to talk about because, again, I think a lot of South Carolina Gamecock fans, um, including myself, were definitely following along throughout the season. My first ever time watching a game, though, was in the tournament. I believe it was the game um, against Liberty and then Chapman. Um, but just talk about your team specifically, the run you guys made, the 4-0 run to get to the national championship and then eventually win it. Um, just talk about some guys on your team, because I really felt like watching you guys, again, a lot of scoring, a lot of, 
I feel like it wasn't just one guy. You guys have, have a lot of different guys offensively that score. The one guy I want you to talk about, though, that really sticks out to me, I think was maybe the first guy they mentioned was Sam Weiss. They talked about the reason he was wearing the 87 because his favorite player is Gronk. Um, j- just kind of talk about what he means to your team. Again, I don't want to single one guy out because I know there's a ton of guys that contribute, but uh, I-, I feel like he was sure. an absolute beast out there. You got to throw credit to Sam. Uh, he was an absolute beast uh, all week for us, and many guys were. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, we part of our identity is that um, we do have a lot of bodies on defense, on offense, in the midfield, and um, you know, legs feed the wolf, and uh, we we try to get as many guys in throughout the game, throughout the course of the game as possible. You know, um, a lot of teams at uh, the college level, whether you're talking about MCLA or NCAA, uh, will, you know, typically play only three, maybe four attackmen, maybe a couple extra, um, you know, specialty guys on the uh, man up, man down units. you know, and we'll only play four or five uh, midfielders on the offensive side of the ball in a game. And we all year long have been run in five and six, sometimes seven attackmen, um, six, seven, and eight midfielders on offense, another four or five midfielders on defense, um, you know, <clears throat> five, six, and seven guys on defense. Um, and I think that makes a huge difference for us down the stretch in games. Um, you know, I was uh, another guy that had a phenomenal week for us was uh, named tournament MVP, was named our team MVP by vote of his peers, our goalie, Colin Haynes. Um, he and I are, you know, shooting the breeze after the game as we're all smiling and taking pictures with the trophy. And he says to me, coach, I don't think that we gave up more than one goal in the fourth quarter for the whole week, for the whole tournament. And, uh, you know, that's just phenomenal to, to be able to lock down like that um, in crunch time. And I think uh, a lot goes into it, our mentality and our focus, but uh, uh, as well, the ability to run multiple guys and to have fresher legs in the fourth quarter uh, enables us to, you know, step on the gas and really uh, run over teams in that final stanza. Yeah, I was definitely about to mention Colin Haynes. He won the MCLA tournament MVP. Like you said, he got you guys team MVP. He had 17 saves in that championship game Saturday against Cal. Just an outstanding performance. Um, I believe a quote that you had after the uh, the national championship win on Saturday was, quote, there is no magic recipe. We just worked hard. How How satisfying was it as the seconds ticked away to uh, to see that hard work come to fruition, you got you guys be uh, D one national champions. Yeah, extremely. It was. Uh, I I still have a ear to ear grin, and I'm hoping to keep it for quite a while and and uh, hang on to this feeling as long as we can. Um, but yeah, we did work hard, and uh, you know, going back to guys like Sam Weiss. Um, Sam, you know, was a first-year player with our program this year, had transferred from Bellarmine in Kentucky, which is an NCAA program. He's a native son. He's from Charleston. 
And um, one of the one of the great things about our group this year, as well as in past years, is uh, the blend of players from all over the place. We've got uh, uh, seven or eight, I believe it's eight guys from the state of South Carolina on our team, all of which make contributions. And, um, you know, uh, our, probably our two biggest names from South Carolina are Sam Weiss and Griffin Bailey. Griffin out of the midfield, number 28, and Sam, 87, like you said, at attack. Sam <clears throat> um, really blossomed at the end of the year. Uh, came into his own as a vocal leader. He's only a sophomore, but uh, he's got great skills, a great knowledge of the sport, and it's really fun to watch these guys coming from all kinds of different places. Uh, I was fortunate enough coming up in Virginia, um, and before that, you know, uh, born in Maryland, moved to Virginia when I was young. Uh, you know, those are the places where lacrosse is is a known commodity. Um, but for some of these guys who grew up in South Carolina or in Florida or in uh, <clears throat> Kansas city, um, you know, there's lacrosse isn't as, as big, but there's still some great athletes uh, that develop phenomenal skills. And uh, thankfully uh, lacrosse is starting to get some more burn on television. I think uh, the, uh, improvements in uh, video technology and, and streaming services and all that have been huge for the sport of lacrosse. Uh, it's, it's difficult. It was difficult 15 years ago to watch on TV, especially if you weren't familiar with the sport because it's hard to track the small ball. And, but, you know, with HD television, uh, you're able to see that stuff a little bit more and, and you can really get a flavor for the excitement of the sport, the speed of the sport. And uh, so these guys, guys are cropping up from all over the place now. And we had to play two California teams, one in the final four, one in the finals in uh, Chapman and, and Cal. And they pull, they pull some guys from the East coast on both squads, but the bulk of their team is coming from California, which has become a huge hotbed of lacrosse recruiting. Um, you know, it's a big state with phenomenal athletes, a lot of guys that play football. And uh, I think that's a help as well. A lot, of, a lot of football coaches around the country are starting to realize that the skill set you need to play lacrosse is very complementary for the skill set you need to play football at a high level. And um, <clears throat> I, I always preach to guys at any level, but especially youth in high school, to play multiple sports so that they can learn different skills in, uh, in the sport that they're playing at the time that they can then uh, apply to another sport that they might play, um, you know, because different moves that you might use more consistently in football or in basketball can be applied in creative ways to lacrosse and vice versa. Um, so it's, it's phenomenal to see uh, these guys blend. We've got a number of guys from the hotbeds of Maryland, New Jersey, New York, but we've also got the guys from Tennessee, from Florida, from South Carolina, from North Carolina and Charlotte. And um, it's a blast. It's a blast. Sam Weiss is a, is a flag bearer for those guys. He played out of his mind all tournament and he's got some uh 
some incredible stick skills and field awareness that he makes some fun plays that uh, that are highlight real plays. No doubt. So, Coach, just kind of talk about, again, winning the national championship, you know, for what it is. It's obviously a huge accomplishment for you guys, but what do you think the future of Gamecocks lacrosse looks like? You know, obviously with the national championship, you're talking about guys returning like a Sam Weiss. I was taking a look at the roster. Obviously, you, you lose a guy like Colin Haynes, your MVP, but – it looks like to me on the roster there's a lot of freshmen and sophomores and juniors that will be returning. You're talking about guys coming from different NCAA programs down to play at South Carolina. They want to get down south and play at a program like you guys have. And, you know, I have to imagine the uh, – you know, you guys are a club sport, obviously, but I have to imagine the support is going to be as high as ever going into next season and the national championship just kind of boosting this program. What do you see in the future of uh, Gamecocks lacrosse? You know, um, <clears throat> we're going to continue to do our thing, and uh, as far as roster and and keeping keeping on working, yeah, I think that we are going to just reload next year. We lose some guys, but we've got guys waiting in the wings, ready to step up and uh, and be the guy next year. Colin Haynes is going to be uh, a tough guy to replace, but we've got uh, several young men waiting in the wings um, to. Uh, step in there and earn the job and uh, you know there's another South Carolina guy there in Matt Butler who um, I think grew up in Maryland and moved to South Carolina I'm not sure exactly when late middle school maybe early high school um, but he played at Malden up in uh, the Greenville area and uh, he's a phenomenal goalie in his own right we've got some other guys uh, and you know at all different kinds of positions we've got sam who's a sophomore griffin bailey's a sophomore our face-off guy derek isaac um is only a sophomore and i think he uh, was the best in the country this year um he uh as a freshman last year was the specialty player of the year uh of our league i think he got a little snubbed this year on that award no disrespect to the young man who won it um, but uh, he continued his stellar play into this season, and we've got another two years uh, of him uh, taking draws for us, and, and that's a unique part of lacrosse in that, um, you know, it's a wrestling match for the ball after every goal and at the beginning of every quarter, and uh, it really will make a difference. So the possession is huge. You, you certainly can't score without the ball, and the other team uh, – can't score if you've got the ball. So, um, you know, being able to play a little bit, make it, take it ball when Derek is hot is huge. And he's coming back. Um, we've got tremendous pieces coming back. And like I said, all over the field on offense and on defense, guys that uh, are phenomenal talents in their own right that I know did not get uh, the playing time and the burn that they might have liked to see this season but are ready to step up and be the guy next year. And um, I think that we can continue to do that. As as it relates to the university, um, you know, I would love to see uh, some, some increased um, awareness and support. You know, I have no idea whether or not the university has any concrete plans to try and add men's or women's lacrosse as an NCAA sport. And if they did, I'd love to be a part of it. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm conscious of Title IX concerns and 
and the costs of doing business. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, especially this week, we've done a tremendous job of representing the university. And um, <clears throat> it's, it's a lacrosse, I think, over the years, uh, especially in the next decade or so, will only continue to, to grow in popularity. Um, and I think it's a, a unique sport to add. I, I think the university would, uh, would be uh, <clears throat> forward thinking if we were one of the first or the first to be uh, to SEC school to add men's lacrosse. There are some SEC schools with women's lacrosse, but none with men's lacrosse. If we were able to kick down that door, I think it would mean uh, big things for uh, recruiting and uh, not just as for student athletes, but for the student body population. And um, you know, I, I think it would be a great fit for the university if they if they were contemplating it. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly think, I mean, you, you guys obviously know Gamecock fans are as passionate as any. I definitely think there would be an audience out there for it. Uh, you talked about all the returners you have coming back next year and kind of the guys waiting in the wings, you guys planning to reload. I mean, after hoisting the hardware Saturday afternoon, I, I'd imagine the uh, the goal for the Cox next season has to be to get back there and win it all again, right? I mean, no question. And, uh, you know, that's, Looking around, I, I think all of our guys this week uh, might have said did did a phenomenal job of um, not being so hyper focused that they they missed uh, smelling the flowers around them. I think we did a pretty darn good job of uh, taking a look left and right, and uh, you know breathing deep and enjoying ourselves uh, this week and you know, to a man, every guy as we're walking around on the field after the game, uh, every guy that's coming back is, you know, smiling ear to ear and saying, golly, this was so much fun. Uh, why not do it again next year? And, um, you know, we, it's not all fun throughout the year. We, we put in hard work, but, uh, but that hard work pays dividends, uh, tenfold in a week like this. And, um, so I, I think that experience will um, will just cause our guys to double down and, and continue working hard because they know what they can get out of it and how much fun we had as a group this year. Um, I'm sure they'll want to replicate it. Absolutely. So, Coach, last question before I let you go. I'm just curious, did you guys pop the champagne last night or are you guys waiting to get back to Columbia before you uh, before you celebrate? <laughs> a little bit of both. Um, you know, uh, we've got a great group of parents that support these young men. Um, and certainly at the club level, uh, these guys are paying for everything their own way. You know, we're thankful for you and all the other guys around Columbia that were helping to spread our GoFundMe campaign to help these guys with those expenses. But, uh, you know, with some exception, uh, Oh, everything that we pay for is out of pocket, uh, paid for by dues from every young man on the team. And uh, on top of that, there are additional expenses that go along with it. And we've had a phenomenal group of parents that help out. So we get off the bus back at the hotel after uh, after the game and the parents are all there waiting for us with uh, with some champagne bottles and 
champagne showers <laughs> and uh, you know we had had some food had some drink together as a group and uh i'm if i'm not mistaken i believe that uh rooftop and village idiot are uh looking to uh host the boys uh, with some celebrations this week as we get back. I think it would have been today had our flight out of Salt Lake not been canceled last night. But um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we've gotten great support out of uh, the community in Columbia and in Five Points. And uh, Rooftop particularly was playing the games uh, the last couple of days in the bar. We've got uh, Griffin Giles, our senior senior midfielder and was named uh um most outstanding performance for the week uh you know com- commanding performance of the week um he works at rooftop and those guys were showing him a lot of love and we really appreciate it and uh i'm sure there will be some uh some revelry going on in columbia this week yeah i was gonna say you're gonna have to let us know when that uh, when that party's going down we might have to come crash the party and celebrate with you guys i I'm thinking we should just call up Ed Marinero, put it on his tab. He, he seemed like he's a uh, <laughs> really a, as big a Gamecocks lacrosse fans he says he is. We'll see. We'll just put the party on his tab and go from there. Um, but yeah, yeah but, you know, the, the more the merrier. We're glad to have everybody come out and celebrate with us. That's what makes it uh, worthwhile. You know, we do it for ourselves as a group, but we do it for all the the Gamecocks out there that have been club lacrosse players and. Uh, and like I said, Gamecocks at large, it's a phenomenal community. I love being a part of it. Uh, you said earlier, Gamecocks are, are excellent fans, excellent supporters of uh, all the sports across campus. And, um, you know, we're, gra- we're glad to represent the Boxy and uh, ecstatic to be part of that community. For sure. Well, before I let you go, Coach, let everybody know where they can go support Gamecocks Lacrosse, whether it's monetarily with the Venmo account or on social media. Just kind of let the people know where they can go to support you guys. Sure thing. Uh, you know, the all our social media, if you check out our social media, there will be links to all that stuff, the GoFundMe, the, the Venmo. Um, and we're on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I believe the the – uh, handle is at Cox Lacrosse, L A C R O S S E. Um, but uh, you know, uh, Gamecocks Lacrosse is, will will be what the name pops up as, but the handle I think is co- at Cox Lacrosse, and all that information is on all the social media pages, uh, Facebook as well. Although we're a little bit more active on the Twitter and Instagram than Facebook. Um, and, but yeah, certainly to, to anybody out there listening, uh, very much appreciate any and all support. Absolutely. And we'll continue to spread the good word, coach. Again, I appreciate you taking the time. And again, congratulations to you and your team on uh, winning the D1 national championship. We'll be, uh, we'll be looking forward to that party in five points. Yes, sir. We'll let you know about it. And thank, thank you for everything. Absolutely. So for Gamecock head lacrosse coach, James Harkey, I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll catch you next week on another episode of the Spurs Up Show.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.